Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's edition of Panel Riot. This week, well, just play the theme song. Thanks, Stan. Appreciate that. Folks, I'm going to level with you. I'm real tired. I'm real, real tired. It's been a long, long week and month and year, and it's only May, and I'm just, I'm just wiped out. I'm just real, real tired, and all I really want to do is read some comics. That's it. That's it. I just want to relax and read some comics, some old favorites. And I thought, you know what? I have a comics podcast. So let's do this together. Let's have a little fun. Let's read some comics. Let's just relax. No common thread between these comics except for that I think that they're good which is really all I need because this is my show I think comic good I read comic talk about it on show no one to say no works well for me and I hope it works well for you so let's get into it let's start things off and let's 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 be a little thematically appropriate from last week's episode Archie let's talk about Archie Archie Comics. I love I love this comic. It's wonderful. We're talking about Archie number one. Just this is the reboot. This is the Mark Wade, Fiona Staples Wonderment that uh that Ellen and I talked about last week. It's it's glorious. Um and here's a prime example where I can butcher some names. So, uh, story by Mark Wade, art by Fiona Staples, coloring by Andre Sismanowitz. And I'm sorry. With Jen Vaughn, which, you know, I screw up so many names that I'm sure I pronounced that wrong also somehow. Um, sure. Why not? So we start in Riverdale. With Archie, it's a big splash page. He's got a guitar strapped to his back. He's got his letterman's jacket. And he... Classic Archie. Freckles, red hair. He says, hi, my name's Archie Andrews. <laughs> we already knew that. Uh, but look at them jeans. Those are skinny jeans. Those are those kind of weird skinny jeans with the low crotch that the kids like so much. I'm old. Uh, <laughs> and he's wearing, you know, red and white Chuck Taylors. It's a good look. It's a good look. This it 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 establishes in the first page that this is both your classic Archie and not your classic Archie. You look in the background. There's all these uh, all these other kids, and they look they all look very modern and everything like that. And it's it's good. It's 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 a good introduction in one page. It shows the skill 
and the mastery that is going into this comic because one page first page and the tone is set it's archy but it's not and you're in and that's 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 uh that's a beautiful thing. So, chapter one, there is this girl, and uh, Archie leads us about his high school, talking about a few other students, and uh, and then he gets straight to the crux. He, in this issue, second page, crux finder, right? There's this girl, was this girl, and he proceeds to talk about Betty, a uh, literal girl next door who lives next door to him teaches him how to you know work on his car and everything like that he's got pictures of them i mean yes he that that's grammatically correct he has pictures of them in his uh in his locker and basically he refers to something called the lipstick incident they were ups- inseparable quote a couple since kindergarten until last week until the lipstick incident and uh again the art here is so wonderfully done there's a scene of uh them sitting on the uh uh on the Ferris wheel together all happy and there's a little nice little joke in the background of someone chopping an ice cream cone on a dog which is great dog is pleased uh and then the next panel he's there by himself and you know the coloring's a little a little more gloomy. And then you have a panel of uh, Betty drinking a milkshake with two straws and looking sad because one straw has no one attached to it. And then she's angrily drinking it with both straws. Uh, and he talks about that they swore not to talk about the lipstick incident, right? Um, he says, I'm okay. He goes out with friends by himself. Everyone has, is in a couple. And and uh, there's a little bit of uh, foreshadowing, I guess, for the for the next episode issue. <laughs> uh, he's playing video games with someone, and they say, hey, Arch, they say the Lodge millionaires are moving to Riverdale, and they have a daughter. And Archie's like, eh. As you do when you're playing video games, which looks to be some kind of combination of... Um, Xbox and Wii. Um, sh- sure. Hey, I-, I would buy that, probably. Um, it's 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 a great setup. And then you have the introduction of Jughead. And everybody's trying to bribe Jughead to find out what happened because Jughead is best friends with Archie. And, of course, Jughead knows. And they're trying to bribe him with food, and he resists. He resists the food. And then we get into chapter two, I Be a Genius. People are now grilling Betty about it. And they say, is it true that he cheated? And she gets upset. And she's like, no, Archie would never. He's fine. Nobody's the bad guy here. And um, he ends. Uh, she ends up getting led away by Reggie, who is a uh, greaser-looking guy, you know, villain of the piece, I reckon. Uh, so her friends are kind of like scheming to get those two back together. So you have a little bit of a, a kind of a montage. There's a homecoming dance banner and they say, we're going to campaign. Um, and basically they're acquiring votes, right? They're saying, you know, Hey, Archie found your lost dog. Hey, I'm a hot girl and you're a nerd vote for this person. Uh, hey, I was going to help you with your math homework, and you should vote for who I. They're buying votes. They are purchasing votes. 
it's a lot of fun. And uh, you get your chapter title when one of the characters says, I'd be a genius, because everybody's a-voting, presumably the way that they want them to vote. Jughead is not amused. He's not into it. Uh, he said that you should leave things alone, essentially. Let it be, because these things need to run their course, essentially. He is... He asks for a tube of crazy glue. And that's the end of that chapter. Next chapter is uh, Archie talking about his dad, and he taught him how to play guitar. And uh, he's basically terrible at everything except for guitar. He says, he taught me everything I know about his three passions, home repair, bowling, and the guitar. So he's got his (laughs) sleeve nailed to a wall. He's got uh, a bowling ball bouncing from lane to lane. And then there's a guitar. He's pretty good at that. So... Archie is going to play at the homecoming, and he goes, and he's not thrilled to be there, and Betty's not thrilled to be there. So, no, I think you actually know he was going to run sound. He was going to be the sound guy for the band, right? And they say, no, you're drafted. Our guitar guy's dead or something. No, not there. And Archie plays, and Archie does extravagantly well, you know? Everybody's real pleased. And... They do, they figure out, you know, who's going to be the king and queen. And, you know, there was a lot of vote buying. So it would be Betty and Archie. And it turns out it's Betty and Trevor Smith. I'm just as shocked as you are. There's a wonderful scene where everyone's looking angrily at Jughead and Jughead just shrugs. He just shrugs. And basically what happens is uh, Jughead counted the ballots, burned all the Archie votes because he knows how this has to go down. And it's not like that. He says, uh, So you failed. Did it occur to you that maybe forcing them back together in front of the whole world where everyone's watching them wasn't the way to go? And someone said that. It would be awkward. And he said, Yep. Instead, maybe, just maybe, they needed to be reminded of what they're missing. It's great. It's really good stuff. Um, oh, and uh, you find out what happened to the guitarist. Uh, Jughead superglued his hands to a steering wheel. So, which I think is like going to be a form of torture. It's going to tear parts of his hands off, right? I don't know. Anyway, so Archie walks away. Still narrating, right? Um, He says, Manana Bud talking to Jughead. And he says, you two, turning to us, making you feel special. Thanks for stopping by. In the meantime, if you have any suggestions suggestions on how to get over Betty, I'm at Archie Comics, hashtag lipstick incident. Uh, Dating around might be a first good step. I could try that. Who knows? Maybe there's some amazing girl just around the corner. And behind him is Lodge Industries, coming soon to transform Riverdale. And uh, if you know anything about Archie, you know that Veronica is just around the corner. The art, the storytelling, the, you know, it, it just, it's a wonderful, enjoyable, amazing comic, which I genuinely never thought I would say about Archie comics. 
it never interested me and here we are i love it it was it was the first thing i thought of when i said you know i just want to read some comics that i like i just want to sit and read these comics and enjoy them and it it's beautiful it sets up you know it sets up the the drama with betty and it sets up you know there's a lot of foreshadowing about veronica it sets up jughead as a good friend and you know archie i i always felt that um uh zach morris was the poor man's archie and this absolutely illustrates that uh in bold strokes so go and get it go and check it out if you if you can get it was it was multiple multiple printings there was a, a lot done it was very popular go get it get it digitally however you need to get it get your hands on archie number one folks i think it's time for a commercial yeah i think it's time for a commercial so we'll be right back with more good comics and more panel right stick around uh, Will, you whining again? Yes. What's the matter? I don't have any good web comics. What? How can you not have any good web comics? I don't know where to find them. We've been over this, Will. Have we? Over and over and over. How many times have I told you? All you have to do is go to soulsworn.com. What's that? What is that? What is it? It is the best web comic. Not safe for work. That you will ever read. Not safe for work. Don't go there if you're a child. Really? I don't like things. I mean, I I like things that aren't safe for work, and I like webcomics. What's it about? Did you say Soulsworn? Corey! Oh my gosh, Corey's I heard there. you guys talking about Soulsworn. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Ellen Soulsworn's said it's great. a good webcomic. It's a fantastic webcomic. What's it about? Well, do you like... Sound effects? Yes. Like Donk? I love Donk. And Crunch? Well, crunch is real good. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. then you're going to love this one comic. Okay. Yeah. Also, is there's it... there's big dog people and crab people and there's spider people and there's chicks that die but don't really die and turn into things and there's children. There's lots of children, but don't let that throw you off. There's also a guy that throws fish. I love guys who throw fish. Yeah. Like that one Muppet. There are Muppets. Which Muppet is it? Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if this wasn't very heavily Muppet-inspired. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Juggling. Fish juggling French Muppet. I, I don't know. I took a lot of acid as a child, I just found out. So, <laughs> I could be wrong. Um, he exists. Yeah. What's it called? Soulsworn? Soulsworn.com. Fantastic. Is there action? Yeah. Is there, is there cursing? Corey, is there cursing? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, there's a lot of cursing. Is there... Is there naked people? There's kinds of naked people. There's a lot of naked people. I don't know why you're whispering about naked people. Well, uh, okay. okay. Soulsworn.com? Yeah, soulsworn.com. Soulsworn.com. And we're back. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for... Hanging out. I'm just, you know, real tired, reading some comics, enjoying some comics that I know to be good, some real high-quality stuff, and uh, just, you know, poking around in my little collection here, and I decided, you know what? Hawkeye. Hawkeye. I haven't read Hawkeye in a little while. Love Hawkeye. Matt Fraction, David Aja, 
Matt Hollingsworth, Chris Iliopoulos. I'm pretty confident I pronounced that one correctly. Um, wonderful. Wonderful comic from start to finish. The whole run, you know, it had its issues, but it doesn't matter because it was a delight. Well worth waiting for if you were waiting for it, which you should have been, but you don't have to now because it's all out there. It all exists. You can go buy that Hawkeye Omnibus. Is that how that's pronounced? Who came up with that word? It's stupid. Omnibus. Omnibus? No, that's way worse. We're getting further away from it now. So, the issue I chose was uh, issue number 11 of, uh, of Hawkeye. And this issue was notorious because it didn't have any dialogue. It barely had any dialogue. It was all told from the perspective of the dog. Lucky the dog, who had one eye and was known as Pizza Dog. Legendary. Th- this this comic line made Hawkeye a popular character again. It changed the way that other people drew Hawkeye. It changed his color scheme. He was often seen with this dog. And it popularized uh, Kate Bishop, also Hawkeye. It Now, I, that might not actually be true. I believe that she was part of the Young Avengers run that people absolutely loved. But um, I feel like she's risen to more prominence after this. But um, anyway, the point is it's... A great, great comic, and this one is no exception. It was like Matt Fraction was like, "Well, I'm bored with writing incredible comics, so I'll challenge myself even more." Which, you know, gotta respect that. So it starts with um, what little dialogue there is in the book, and it's Kate and Clint arguing with each other and you can make out a word you know here and there um because it's from the perspective of the dog and it's like what what me help kate help don't bad um up you low you know what i mean and 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 they're represented graphically you see the drawings of the full you know they're they're full realistic drawings but then you see more cartoon drawing of Clint and there's lines leading to other bubbles and it's, you know, uh, an archer and a glove and coffee and his coffee mug and dog food and his arrow, right? And then on the other side you see Kate and an archer and coffee and pizza and flowers and a martini and uh, there's lips and a question mark and a heart, right? Um... Pizza Dog is confused, and he slinks out the door, gives one look behind him, slinks out the door, down the apartment, and this is what he's smelling about these people, because he recognizes them about their smells. Um, There's a woman with two kids, running water, candy, toys, building blocks. There's a shiftless layabout hipster with a a bike and a guitar and a triangle, and um, there's an artistic guy who's got you know coffee um a uh sextant is that a sextant i don't know i don't know yes i'm gonna say it's a sextant why not uh and a power symbol and music and then um he passes the apartment of uh the guy who referred to hawkeye as hawkeye and it's you know crossed out line question mark because he was killed in a previous comic spoiler alert probably uh and on down the line you know all these different people 
until he gets to apartment number T, and he it's an old lady with tea, unsurprisingly, a teapot, a teacup, and another dog. And uh, it's a puppy. And they circle each other, and they sniff each other's parts, and the, the little one barks at him. And they go up and up and up to the roof, and there they see the missing guy. They see uh, he's got a bullet through his hat and through his head, and they look at each other. And then you get a few of the actual words, and he's sniffing around the body. It says, pizza dog, and pizza is my business. And uh, he starts, you know, investigating. He's walking around, he's putting together clues, he sets up a little crime scene. Um, Who the guy is, this is represented graphically, and um, there's Hawkeye, and there's a third person who's the shooter, and, uh, oh, the lips are lipstick. Because the shooter was the clown guy. He can smell his lipstick. God, that's brilliant. Never noticed that before. Um, And he figures out that the guy shot and ran and then climbed down the fire escape. Um, And he drives away and, you know, he's kind of... He's interacting with the smaller dog and going, Oh, oh," and it's sad. It's so sad. Pizza dog. Love pizza dog. Uh, And he actually finds some pizza in the street hangs out starts eating it because he's uh you know he's outside he's smelling all the different neighbors and everything like that and um eating his pizza and then he hears the tracksuit bros the terrible evil tracksuit bros the uh was it tracksuit draculas i think they were referred to and they're beating up barney um which i believe they get into in another uh, another issue, and apparently the dog's name was Arrow, and the guy recognizes him because the dog used to belong to them. And then you see the graphical representations of, you know, he recognizes that Clint, is that Barney is Clint's brother. He remembers the tracksuit Draculas who beat him up before and threw him into traffic, and he slinks away. He's there for a conversation with the police officers, um, and again, it's just, you know, a few, just a few words here and there, uh, you know, ex-wife, point, avenger, question, done here, uh, stay out of trouble, and, uh, and again, there's the, there's the graphics of, like, donuts and coffee and guns and, uh, handcuffs and police officer uniforms and all that stuff, you know, and, oh, and you can see, he, he can smell stuff on Hawkeye, too, because Hawkeye, he smells that he got out of bed, that he took a bunch of energy pills, and <laughs> he smells like beer. Um, and it, there's a nice little moment where he, Hawkeye looks down on him and says, good boy, and that's the first full sentence that he recognizes, and he looks all happy. And, um, they... I don't I don't know if this is when they went to infiltrate the circus. No, that was way earlier. Maybe they're just going out on a date. But um anyway, Clint's in a suit and Kate's dressed up and they leave and um he says you keep an eye on the place, which is a joke cuz he only has one eye. And then he gives a little doggy salute. He sits in front of the building and he smells all these different things, pigeons, food carts, uh, coffee, saxophone man trash day cat hydrant stuff like that puppy comes up and uh ignores him 
and get a little heartbroken symbol and then puppy comes back and smiles at him and puts his heart back together and uh they spend a little time together and then puppy starts barking at him and (laughs) i sound insane uh bites him and pizza dog bites back and he realizes that the puppy was distracting him from the tracksuit draculas who were investigating it's bad it's bad they're getting rid of the body and the creepy clown man is there the dog sees him and the dog attacks uh he attacks the two tracksuit tracksuit draculas and the the other guy and they all kind of come tumbling off of the roof right but um the old lady saves him but when he wakes up he's in the building in her house apartment that's what it is with the mime killer guy and the tracksuit dracula and it's not good none of it's good so he escapes he runs away meets up with hawkeye but can't really tell him anything that's going on you know and basically the way it ends is um kate leaves and hawkeye lets her go and lucky decides to go with her all the way to california and that's how it ends that's how it ends almost no dialogue everything uh, represented graphically and it's beautiful it's a beautiful beautiful comic and it's a perfect illustration of what a talented writer and a talented artist can do when they are in sync because Matt Fraction had to submit a script for this and David Aja drew the hell out of it and it's it's beautiful it's like uh, it's it's like watching a, a perfectly choreographed fight scene or or a, a well acted play or or something like that. You know what I mean? It's it's life affirming. It and I know that that might sound a little bit you know exaggerated, but it it's true. It it makes you realize that true art is possible when people focus and combine their talents and you know work at something it's beautiful things happen so that's why that comic's real good check it out we'll be right back time for me to explain that petri california sherry is not only an ideal wine to serve before dinner but it's also the perfect wine for almost any occasion petri sherry is fine after dinner when you're listening to the radio or just sitting around talking. And, of course, you couldn't ask for a finer party wine than Petri Sherry, especially if your party is at cocktail time. If you don't know what wine to buy, you can't go wrong with Petri Sherry. But be sure it's Petri. Look for the letters P-E-T-R-I. They spell the proudest name in the history of American wine. Thank you. Thank you to the Petri family, the family that took time to bring you good wine. Follow them on Twitter at Petri Wine. You will not be disappointed. Uh, they have a lot going on in the coming weeks and months, and uh, they're a good follow. So go and check them out at Petri Wine. The family took time to bring good wine. We're talking about good comics. I'm just hanging out reading good comics. And uh, when I think about the comics that I have in uh, in my little collection here... And I think about some of my all-time favorites. I think about Spider-Man. They do. 
a big part of the reason why I got back into comics um, was the writing of J. Michael Straczynski. Did I say that wrong? Is it Michael J. Straczynski? I don't know how he likes it. J. Michael Straczynski. I had it right. John Romita Jr., Scott Hanna, Dan Kemp, and Avalon Studios. And he worked on a series called Rising Stars, which I will have to get around to. And I loved Rising Stars. Loved it reignited my passion in comics and and I followed him all the way to Amazing Spider-Man. This is the first issue of his run. It is actually uh, issue number 30, version 2 of uh, of Marvel Comics. It's so good. (laughs) It's just so good. And whatever you may think of the man or his writing afterwards or or what he did ultimately with Spider-Man and and the whole... um, one more day controversy and all of that. This is good comic writing. It made me want in the films a Spider-Man who was an adult. This is a Spider-Man with adult problems. Him and Mary Jane, uh, I'm sorry, he and Mary Jane, Mary Jane and he, I don't know grammar, who cares? Uh, <laughs> that's not true, lots of people care. They're separated. And he decides he's gonna he's just gonna suit up and go out and he says, I'm not gonna stop until I get tired. Unfortunately, it takes a real long time for me to get tired, and by that time I could be in New Jersey. And I don't even know anybody in New Jersey. He's got his little spider backpack and he goes into a building that is scheduled for demolition, right? And he's, you know, just wandering around the city and he, he's thinking he's got this inner dialogue which is what you should expect and he says uh, well, here's another thing when I designed this suit why the heck didn't I design it with any pockets anything I carry I gotta carry in a web pouch the FF have pockets in their uniforms Reed Richards alone are huge but that's because he has to carry, carry trans-dimensional mega doodads and whirly dudes in them or maybe he's just real happy to see Sue of course, if I had pockets, they'd fall out any time I did this. He's walking perpendicular down a wall. Uh, so maybe I could have pockets with zippers or Velcro. Yeah, that'd work. I'd be working. Uh, I'd be creeping up on someone and have to get something out and zip. What's that smear on the wall, honey? That used to be Spider-Man. Oh, no, I'm sorry. What's that smear on the wall, Mommy? That used to be Spider-Man, honey. What killed him? Uh, zipper. Some said Velcro, but the Daily Bugle said Zipper, and I believe the Bugle. Uh, and he acknowledges that he's just rambling in his head. And he's like, why am I doing this? Why am I thinking about this? And he punches through a wall. And he's going to destroy this building because he needs to get his energy out and it's all the stuff with you know Mary Jane and um, he talks about how whenever there's something uh, when some, when he's really bugged about something um, there's never a bad guy to take it out on and then he's like oh bugged Spider-Man I made a pun oh Spider-Man um, so it's all inner dialogue while he's destroying this building which as I mentioned was you know set for demolition and of course, you get the humorous scene where he's swinging away, and the guy, the foreman, is just arriving, and they're setting up, and then it all crumbles. And he says, "Okay, lunch." He goes to a diner, and you know he walks past his old high school, and sees a kid getting picked on, and of course he, you know, identifies with the kid because he was a scrawny nerd before he was an amazing superhero, and um, 
it's all, you know, very reflective and inner monologue and, um, he goes out and he fights a little bit of crime and, you know, he's, he's just doing his thing trying to clear his head. And then suddenly this, uh, older guy is stuck to the wall right next to him and he calls him Peter and he snuck up on him. Spider sense did nothing. And Peter's floored. And he says, for a moment, I'm too stunned to talk. It isn't just that he snuck up behind me, and with my spider sense, that's not possible. It isn't even called. It isn't even that he called me Peter, which means he knows who I am and could screw up my entire life. It's that he's sticking to the same wall as me. So, he, <laughs> uh, this older gentleman starts springing from rooftop to rooftop like Spider-Man does. Spider-Man follows him and starts asking him questions and basically what it amounts to is he makes him rethink the way that his powers work. Um, The idea that he was bitten by a radioactive spider and that's why he got his powers... This guy says, is it possible that the spider was dying from radiation and wanted to give you those powers? And Spider-Man's floored. He never thought about it that way before. And then the guy just disappears. Just totally disappears. And to say the least, Peter's freaked out. But oddly enough, he trusts him. He reminds him of his Uncle Ben, which he says. And... Um, that's uh, that's pretty much it. That's it for Spider-Man in this series. There's a lot of internal dialogue and monologue, and he thinks, obviously, about a lot of things, and it sets up a lot. It sets up this new status quo for Peter, where he's an adult, and he's dealing with more adult problems. He has his own apartment. He you know, still is in touch with Aunt May. He's not talking to Mary Jane and vice versa. And then this guy shows up and turns everything on his head. And then we get the introduction of a new villain, Morlin. Now, Morlin has become a force in the Spider-Verse for quite a while. And this is where he originated. He traveled by boat and was feeding off of a German superhero. And uh, the general idea is that he is going to now feed on Spider-Man. This was a relatively simple and straightforward storyline. Until, of course, Spider-Verse, when everything got turned on its head. And I think some other crazy stuff happened, too. I think he invaded um, Wakanda or something. I don't really know. But anyway, you slice it. It's a real, real good comic book. And it leads into this storyline about how Peter rethinks his life and his how he got his powers and everything's like everything like that. He deals with this insane threat of Morlin, who he cannot defeat, and he becomes a teacher at his old high school. This was right before he joined the Avengers, uh, became a member of the new Avengers, and this was well before Civil War. Well, it's kind of before Civil War, but something about Straczynski's writing just grabs me. It absolutely grabs me around the middle. It's... It's beautiful. The voices are distinct, which if you listen to the show, you know that's a thing I I really look for. Um, 
the artwork is uh it's an acquired taste and it is a taste that i have acquired um and it, it's just it's wonderful it's a fun chapter in spider-man that has depending on who you ask been erased or not erased <laughs> it's it's a divisive storyline but in my opinion it's my favorite spider-man storyline now that being said i really enjoy what they're doing with spider-man now but this will always 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 hold a uh a place in my heart and it's it's a comic that i will go back to again and again and again and read and enjoy just as much as i did the first time all of them, the whole storyline, even all the way into the Civil War stuff, where he, um, he, you know, unmasks on live TV, and Aunt May gets shot, and he goes and beats the crap out of the Kingpin and everything. It, it's just, it's fun. If you like Spider-Man, then this is the way to go. If you don't like Spider-Man, read it anyway. You might like Spider-Man because this is this is what got me into it. So. So that's it. Folks, thank you so much for listening, for uh, spending the time relaxing with me, listening to uh, to me talk about comics that I love. And uh, before we close the book on another episode, I have a few brief things to share with you. First of all, I'd like to sincerely thank you for listening to Panel Riot. It is the only podcast in the world with three Michelin stars. Would you like more? Well, more is available. You can find us at our beautiful base of operations, panelriot.com. You know what you can do there? Donate. That's right, folks. This show happens because you are good and generous. We have a nice website and we have good hosting because you are good. To that end, our sincere thanks to Ellen Hemington, Meredith Staten, Tony Garza, Ed Burke, and the man himself, Mike Sorg at Sorgatron. Uh, they are our wonderful Patreon supporters, and I love each and every one of them. Thank you, guys. You can find us on Twitter at Panel Riot, at DJ Lunchbox, at Intern Stan, and at Petri Wine. Watson has his own Twitter page, but he won't tell me what it is. He won't tell me. He just meows at me. I don't know what to do about it. Um, our show is available anywhere, literally anywhere. If there are podcasts and you search for Panel Riot you will most likely find it. You can also head over to panelriot.com and click the link that says most recent episode. Guess what that does? If you listen on iTunes, or if you don't listen on iTunes and just have access to iTunes, please, please rate and review the show. That is what makes shows get big. That and being personal friends with Jesse Thorne. By the way, Jesse Thorne, if you're listening, I would love to be personal friends with you. Let's talk about fashion and bow ties or anything, man. I would love to be friends with Jesse Thorne. And not just because everybody wants to be on the Max Fun Network, because that's a good time. Anyway, uh, <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> Please rate and review the show on iTunes, and uh, you get a free sandwich from an unlikely source if you do. Also, it's now easier than ever to listen to the Riot for Android users. You can listen to Panel Riot on Google Play Music. Do you have Google Play Music? Yes, you do. If you have an Android device, you have it. It's on there. So fire it up, friends. I want to know what you think of the show. Email us, panelriot at gmail.com. Go to panelriot.com. Click the link that says contact and tell me what comics you like to read when you're just tired and want to relax. 
and I'll read them too. Thanks for listening, True Believers. And remember, life is too short to read bad comics. Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby and have ourselves some wine. Petri wine. <laughs>